0: Linda Ballesteros.
1: Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros and I am your host today. Thanks so much for finding some time out of your busy day to spend with me. Today we're going to be talking about sales training. I recently read an article about uh, the importance of sales training. Part of it went like this. Regardless to the advances, in technology and social selling. B2B sales is still a people-to-people activity, and an experienced sales team can help you develop more leads and convert more prospects into customers. So it went on to say that sales training significantly, uh, significantly impacts return on investment, building brand loyalty, business growth, and it shortens the sales cycle. So today we're gonna be talking to David Hyatt, and he is the Director of Franchise Development for Sandler Training, Sales Training. And Sandler Sales Training offers sales and sales management training. They are, get this folks, They are the largest sales training company in the world. So let me just suggest, if you don't already have pen and paper in hand, you're going to want to get that, because I'm sure you're going to get some great nuggets to take away today. So please help me in welcoming Dave Hayek today. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing excellent, Linda. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Absolutely. You know, sales is such a... You know it's that word that a lot of people cringe when they hear it, so you know i'm I'm sure that you've been doing this for a long time. Give me a little bit of your history.
2: Well, I've been in sales basically my whole adult career uh, selling insurance and all kinds of things, and I ran across um, this whole selling concept and how to do it, and I got very uncomfortable with all the always-be-closing, pushy, obnoxious salespeople, and I was doing some consulting for uh, some companies and things and ran across this thing called Sandler and was very attracted to it, and I bought a franchise. This was mm-hmm. like 27 years ago, so I bought their franchise uh, and really began to understand that selling does not have to be a bad word. Because we're all selling our point of view. Um, we're, we're selling our, our opinions. You know, selling is, is getting other people to, to see your point of view and to either do what you want them to do or be able to work together or just get people to understand something more. So it's not always that that I'm going to sell you this this and you're going to give me money. Now, in the business world, obviously you have to generate revenue and to do that you have an exchange of value your product or service for you know money what i loved about sandler is it allowed me to simply have a conversation with someone else about the truth so that we could both figure out whether it made sense for them to to buy the product or service or not and I think that was the beauty of SAML that really attracted me in their sales training program. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, Dave, when you're going through the, the program, is, is there a, a formula, for lack of a better word, is there a formula that really uh, can lead to identifying whether this product or service is right for the person sitting across from the table from you?
2: Well, we call it a process, Linda. There is a process, a seven-step process that we identify as you go through that conversation. Now, naturally, you know, step one in any process is basically being able to connect with people um, on a human-to-human basis. Uh, Then we have to have what we call mutual agreements, upfront agreements about what's going to happen, the rules of the game, the rules of engagement so that there's no surprises. And then basically an open, honest conversation about what's really going on, uh, what what that person really needs and wants, why they really need and want it, how much they're willing and able to, to spend to, to, to fix whatever it is they need fixed or to get whatever it is they're looking to enjoy. And then how are they going to go about deciding whether or not to actually do it? And that becomes key. And then once you know that, and you have a solution, then you can present something that is directed at that person that makes sense for that person or that company. We have a, a rule. We, we always laugh at they don't spill your candy in the lobby, right? Mm-hmm. When you show up and spill all your candy, you don't know what kind of candy that person likes. So let's take the time to have a, a, an adult conversation to figure that out. Then if the only thing they like is Tootsie Rolls, then that's and we have Tootsie Rolls, and that's what we're going to show them, if you know what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So you're saying that you don't really talk about the product from the the beginning of the conversation.
2: Well, I, I personally believe that the old method of feature benefit, uh, beating our chest, sh- you know, here's how yeah. great we are, look at all the products and services we have for you. I'm sure you're going to like one of them. Uh, those People tolerate that at best. They don't buy because of it. When you really take the time to understand what that other person really needs and wants, and then you can, can provide that solution, that's much more powerful than just throwing a bunch of stuff out there and saying, pick one. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, you know one of the things I've taught uh, networking skills uh, for quite a few years since I left corporate, and one of the things Dave, I used to tell people is when you go in to a networking event, uh say I am a dog sitter, and I just fill my guts on in about my passion about dogs about animals, and i just I just really want this person standing in front of me to use my services. But what I didn't find out is that person doesn't like dogs. They're allergic to dogs. So I spent some of my really good material on someone that will never be my client.
3: There you go. Absolutely.
1: So tell me a little bit about the size companies that uh, can most benefit from going through the Sandler sales training.
2: Well, we're blessed to have um, everything from a, a solopreneur kind of business as clients for our, our local franchises uh, throughout the country, uh, and then we have uh, you know Fortune one hundred companies that are on our uh, on our enterprise division at home office uh, that. Uh, employ the, the SAMR methodology and, and things that we teach. So uh, we're really able to adapt to, to the kind of company, the type of company in the industry. So SAMR is not about scripty stuff. It's about process, about good communication skills wrapped in sound psychology, which allows us to be able to use our methodologies and what we teach uh, across all industries, and all sizes of organizations.
1: So when you're working with a solopreneur or even a corporate employee, where do you start? Where does that conversation with your training start with them?
2: Well, it's, it's typically, it revolves around revenue generation. Most business owners need to generate more revenue. And to do that it's it's more than just a sales person's job to do that it's really every individual within an organization whenever they're interfacing with a company they're really selling that organization uh, the way they speak, the way they conduct the conversation with their clients and customers. It really is selling, making sure that people enjoy and like that experience of working with them. When you can get your team doing that, it's much easier to generate more revenue because people want to do business with you. They're comfortable mm-hmm. doing business with you.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the old phrases is that people do business with those they know, like, and trust. But I heard you say something earlier, and, it, and I believe this one to 100%. I believe that it goes beyond that. And it, they do business with those they know, like, trust, but most importantly, that they connect with. So spending that time to connect with someone, I think, is more critical than the, the prior three.
2: It, it really is because people do business with people they like.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and here's the part that a lot of people don't realize. People tend to like people who are like themselves. Mm -hmm. So if I can connect with you on some kind of personal level, there's a much better chance of us feeling comfortable with each other, which could lead to business then, and then trusting enough to do business with me.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Um,
1: So... I'm going to shift just a little bit here because I want to let everybody know today is April the 27th of 2021. Now, we are not out of the impact that, that COVID, that the pandemic has had on the economy. Tell me, if you, what did you see happen in 2020 with regards to sales training or uh, getting in front of customers? How did that impact you?
2: It was an unbelievably positive impact on our franchises. Our franchises had more participation in their virtual learning. They had more contact with the business owners than they had had before. And many of them had some of their best years as a Sandler franchise.
1: Why do you think that is, Dave?
2: Well, I, I think part of it was because they were able to pivot so quickly uh, to the virtual, because most of our franchises already had that capacity to be able to stream in outside salespeople for their clients. So that was number one. And I think number two, I think the participation thing came from lack of of having to, to get in a car and drive somewhere. Right, And I think that's going to be a long-lasting impact. Face-to-face training will never completely go away. It's it's important. It's got its spot. But the virtual aspect of it is going to be more robust than it was. It's probably moved, this whole COVID thing has probably moved the virtual training five years ahead. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, easily, easily. I believe so as well. So let's talk now a little bit about that franchise opportunity. Uh, If someone's listening and they're thinking, you know, maybe I'd like to know a little bit more about that that franchise opportunity, who are you looking for? Who is, makes a perfect franchisee for you, Dave? Is it someone who has had sales training?
2: Well, there's, there's, there's three key things that I think in, in my 27 years of being associated with Sandler and and uh, the people who have been around for longer than I have, 30 years, 20 years, there seems to be three common things. Number one, most of them have enjoyed Prior to coming to Sam, I have enjoyed participating in what I call the sales conversations. They enjoy talking to people. They enjoy having sales conversations. They enjoy, you know, being with people uh, to, to see if they can help them or not. Because the second thing is they have an inner, they, they get an almost an inner satisfaction from helping other people. Uh, I can't tell you how many time our times our franchises uh, get all excited when they hear the, the, you know the clients say, "You've changed my life." not only mm. selling more, you, you've changed my life. Mm. And, and that's exciting. And then, of course, the third thing is people who, who are motivated to go out there and make it happen and, and who, who like to, to have a certain level of income. I mean, the money still is important. You know, I mean, we're not mm-hmm. in it to, to be a, a charity organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so the money motivated key. Helping other people's key. And, and having some kind of enjoyment and experience in that sales conversation I think is key. Sure.
1: So Dave, being a successful salesperson uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they can step right into becoming a uh, Sandler sales trainer or franchisee. So what type of training do you put your new franchisees through?
2: Once they become a franchise, they're going to be assigned a coach. All of our coaches have been Sandler franchises, successful franchises who uh, have couldn't really let go of Sandler, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. So they're mm-hmm. giving back by helping the, the new folks come in. So there's an eight-day initial training where we're going to give them, you know, the ins and outs of the business, different business models, uh, uh, some key training tips. Uh, one, one nice thing about the training part is all of our materials, whether it's the sales training, the management training, the leadership, the, whatever it is, there's wonderful leader's guides that can walk a, a novice right through it. And it, it's pretty much that part is pretty well taken care of. The sales side of it in terms of what you need to do and how you need to build your business and get those those monthly recurring clients in there. Um, we spend a lot of time with them, with their coach on how to do that, uh, the, the methods, the way to do it. We don't give a lot of scripts, like I say, but we give them a lot of templates. If you do this, um, get a nice cadence, and you do it consistently, here's the kind of results that you get. Then, of course, they have access to their coach every day, and every week we have at least one, if not two or three, best practice conference meeting via Zoom uh, nowadays in which they're sharing best practices
3: with Mm -hmm. each other
2: and Mm -hmm. the coaches. So that goes well. And then we have three conferences a year uh, where we all get together and of course virtually lately, but it will be Mm -hmm. face to face again here coming up in June, November, and March of every year. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And so when, uh, when they get ready to launch their business to begin with, Um, Are there territories when you join Sandler as a franchisee?
2: The territories are not exclusive. We assign a franchise for every 500,000 of population. That's the general rule of thumb. So if there's a million people in a particular metro area, we typically would have two franchises but we do look at the number of target businesses within those areas because not all metro areas are the same. Mm-hmm. If there's a, a lot fewer target businesses, then obviously we would not uh, adhere to that 500,000 uh, rule of thumb.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when they get ready to get out into the community, um, do you, how do you suggest that they do that? Do you suggest networking, and then what does that look like for them?
2: Well, that's, that's all part of that initial training and in terms of how we suggest they start the business. Networking is never, never a bad thing to do, right? Letting people know what you do, um, helping other people grow their business, um, that's it, just a normal automatic thing that most entrepreneurs should be doing. We also provide what we call briefings, and we walk them through what it takes to put the briefing together, what the, what, you know, the, the outlines of what to, how to conduct the briefings. And um, we urge them to record them and, and work with their coach on them. You know, mm-hmm. how would I do on that one? What could, it, suggestions can you make? We also, believe it or not, we still like them to make some cold calls when we're getting started. Just pick mm-hmm. up the phone and just make good old-fashioned cold calls because it does a couple things. Not that it's going to grow the business fast or anything because it's probably the least productive. Right. right? Uh, every now and then you find somebody. But it's, you know, it's, it's the ability for them to go out there and begin using the Sandler concepts and philosophies and strategies so that they can get comfortable with them in a very, very low-risk situation,
3: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But
2: also it gives them great, great stories to share when they're training people.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: great points there. So say I'm a fran- a brand-new franchisee, and, you know, I just happened to stumble across um, a, a company that has 500 employees there is no way that I think I am qualified to step into that company and provide them the, the Sandler training. Um, is there support for your brand new franchisees in, in a situation like that?
2: Well, the quick answer is yes. Here's how that typically happens, Belinda. A, a franchise, while their territory would, say, be the state of Kentucky, for an example, um, and, they're, and say their business focus area is Louisville, Kentucky. Well, sure enough, they're training someone in Louisville who gets promoted and moves on, and the next thing you know, they're a vice president for a huge company in Boston. Mm-hmm. So they reach out to, our, to the Louisville person and say, hey, you know, I remember how great you were. Come and train this new huge company. I've got 327 salespeople all across the
3: country.
2: Mm-hmm. Most of our franchises are going to say, (laughs) I don't want to travel that that much, right? right? And that's more than I want to handle. So typically what Sandler does is we have an entire what we call enterprise account division. The franchise can throw that account over the fence to those folks who deal with those Fortune 100, 500
3: companies. Mm
2: Uh, they're, they're the franchise of record. They get a nice commission on it. But the corporate team does all the work, does all the, all the implementation, because it's huge to put together mm-hmm. a program like that. And most mm-hmm. of our franchises really don't, don't want to spend their time doing it because uh, it, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have a whole corporate support team that does that.
1: Oh, well, wow. That's really good to know that, um, that someone that lands a big you know, I won't call it a whale, but you know a fish like that, and they don't have to invest all of their time in putting together the material and traveling right. um, to these places where it's their headquarter, you know they can can, can they can continue to um, cultivate the territory that they are actually immersed in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that benefits them the most. Absolutely. David, tell you what, I need to take a quick commercial break, but I just have a feeling since you've been in this for quite some time, I bet you have some stories that you could share with us when we come back.
2: I'd be happy to.
1: Wonderful. So, So I'm going to take a real quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be learning more about Sandler Sales Training. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. Linda Ballestetos here, and we're talking to Dave Hyatt, who is the Director of Franchise Development for Sandler Sales Training. So when we broke for commercial break, Dave, I asked if you happen to have any
2: stories you could share with us. I I certainly do. One of my favorite stories occurred when I was a franchise. I go on a sales call with this small company. They had five salespeople. And I meet with the owner, and we have oh, about an hour, hour and a half conversation. At the end of that conversation, he agrees that he wants me to work with his people. He uh, says, while he says, um, while I um, cut the check, he says, uh, can you go back and talk to the folks back there and, and just sort of give them a, a an intro kind of thing. I said, sure, and he says, oh, by the way, um, you know, how do I make the check out? And I hand him my business card and, you know, make it out to, to Santa. And boom. So I go back, talk to his people, fun folks, had a good time, walk back in, he hands me a, a five-figure check. And we can, mm-hmm. cans and we leave, and I walk out the door thinking, oh, my gosh, where was the video? Because that was the perfect Santa mm-hmm. call.
3: Mm-hmm. had walked
2: through all the steps, had done it all, and, and he was excited. So now I'm training these guys, right? And I'm talking about one of our, our concepts and one of the strategies uh, that we do. And he pipes up and he says, well, you can't do that. People won't buy our stuff unless they see, unless they touch, unless they do all this. You You just can't do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I said, well, that's interesting. I said, um, do you recall when, when you and I had the conversation? went back. He said, yeah. And I said, how much extra information did I give you? And he stopped. And I said, let me refresh your memory. The only information I gave you was my business card so that you knew how to make the checkout. <laughs> and he sort of stopped. Looks so a little dumbfounded. goes, my gosh, it does work. <laughs> <laughs> so to well, me, I'm sure that perked, up,
1: that perked up everybody's ears right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it,
2: it did. And thank heaven, one of his folks uh, who'd already been using some of our stuff as, as, as we were teaching it said, yes, in fact, I've had a client do the same thing. So it really helped to reinforce the fact that the concepts and strategies do work. So, that, that was a funny story. I'll never forget that one.
1: <laughs> oh wow, I love that. I love that. We have plenty of time for another one or two.
3: Well,
2: you know, I, I'll give you one on on the franchise side of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I, I was um, this this past year and things. Um, our franchises have gone through a lot of change and a lot of stuff. So, I, I've been talking to a few of them. We've got some that are ready to retire and and wanting to, you know, to sell their franchise and that kind of thing. And some of the conversations I'll have with those folks will sort of get nostalgic. We'll think back to the day, right? Stanley's come a long way in the 27 years I've been with them. What, uh, the, the vision that they've had and, and how they've been able to position themselves. But of the three or four folks that I've talked to about that, every single one of them, and, and, and myself included, we all have said the same thing. I wish I would have bought my franchise sooner well, in my career.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, right. and that just, that's 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 sort of magical when you think about that, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that these folks are, have been around 20, 30 years and, and realize the, the value of just learning how to have a conversation rather than being a pushy, obnoxious salesperson.
3: Right,
2: a right.
1: Absolutely, difference. absolutely, and to have someone say this was such a great ride, I wish I had had started sooner. That speaks a lot to to Sandler and the leadership of the organization as well.
2: Oh, I, absolutely, I think it does. The, the leadership, uh, Dave Mattson, who owns Sandler, um, remarkable visionary. Uh, It's been a pleasure to be associated with him over the years. I think one of the other key things that's very, very cool, Linda, is we have multiple, multiple franchises now whose children are now running the franchises.
1: Wow. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So when we're talking about this, what does that business Model look like? Is it a work from home? Is do you, is, you know? Do you encourage your um, Sandler franchisees to have an office? If they do, do they need employees? What does that look like?
2: Well, number one, we are a business to business franchise, and we do require an office to be a business. Mm-hmm. Now, while many people will do most of their their work out of their home. They still have an office, many of them with a small training center attached. Um, we feel it's important to, to be a business. And to do that, um, the training, now you can do training in different ways. You can use a, a shared office space. Many franchises start that way. Uh, they'll have a shared office space, and then they'll use their training facilities for their sessions. We have many of do that for years. Uh, I personally, my very first uh, um, client was my first training center, their conference room, right? And then I went to the shared space kind of thing for a while before I uh, uh, had my own little network of offices and, and training centers. Uh, just talked to one gentleman who just purchased a million-dollar building, brand-new training center, um, you know, with some other space that he could lease out, um, Others have bought in condos and done it. Others just continue with, uh, again, the the shared office space. It really makes a a difference of how you want your business to grow, Mm
3: -hmm. which is the
2: second half of the question. Do you want to hire people or not? Some people want a lifestyle business, Linda, which means, you know what, I, I just want to get in there. I just want to do it. I don't want a lot of people. I don't want to have employees. And you know what? We're more than happy to have those folks come on board. They don't need to, to hire other people if they don't choose. Uh, great. We call it a lifestyle business. Others want to really scale up, and they've got four, five, six people working for them. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, it just depends on, on the person and the model that they want. And so we have enough franchises who are participating in all kinds of those models that usually people can, can they'll end up networking with the folks who have a similar business model of theirs. Mm-hmm.
1: So it really is a scalable business.
2: Absolutely, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. Um, if someone's listening right here right now, David, and they're thinking, you know, this corporate thing has gotten to be quite the grind. I would really like to have more flexibility in who I work with and how I spend my time. How would they find out more information about the franchise opportunity with Sandler sells training?
2: Well that's, that's pretty easy. Go to Sandler.com. And there's a little franchising button at top, which will give them a ton of information uh, to help them make that decision. They could always reach out to me, dhyatt, H-I-A-T-T, at Sandler.com. I'd be happy to to chat with them and uh, help them figure out if a Sandler career would make sense for them or not. Uh, I, I, I look for folks who want to make Sandler their last career. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. pretty critical. If they're mm-hmm. looking for something, you know, for the, to buy the time for four or five years, it's probably not going to be us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, understand. Well, we're down to those final three questions. And the first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process?
2: First thing they should do have an in-depth heart-to-heart talk with the family.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The
2: the spouses, um, the children based on on ages, that kind of thing. Um, Just really really have that heart-to-heart to uh, to make sure that everyone's on board with it uh, because it really affects the family. So Mm -hmm. I I think that's the number one key. Mm
3: -hmm. I think
2: the second thing they have to do is figure out what it is they love to do? What area really attracts them? What, what, what do they enjoy doing? We get so many people who buy a the franchise because they just enjoyed that sales environment.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But they got tired of the corporate, you know, things that right. caused them to either limit their income or make them travel too much, those kinds of things.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I think third, really do your due diligence. When, when you're, yeah, when all you're of those are-
1: yeah, all of those are so important, and it's interesting because I always lead with exactly what you were talking about. It's the family, that lifestyle, because I don't care what you're passionate about, if it doesn't fit into your the lifestyle, your family, um, it's you're you're doomed to fail, or you're just going to struggle a lot more. So
2: um, that's important. Can I tell you a quick? Can I tell you a quick yeah. story, Linda? Yeah. So I took my wife with me to discovery day so she could see what I was getting into. Right. we mm-hmm. talked about it, but you know, I want her to be, you know, part of it. And so we're halfway through discovery day when she gives me an elbow in the ribs and looks at me and says, we can do this. <laughs> nice. So, so talk about support. Yeah. We, we nice. worked together for over 11 years, uh, you know, the franchise. Yeah. So, so yeah. great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is a really big um, big conversation I have with my clients is because if you end up in a um, a franchise concept that is seven days a week brick and mortar and you 've got young children then there's going to be some some struggle there that wouldn't appear if it was in a different model don't you think
2: I think that's absolutely critical you know make sure you you think of that, that family dynamic, what's yeah. important there, then how is, that, how is that opportunity going to be able to fit that? Absolutely. Because I think their vision has to come first, mm-hmm. right? The family, you know, of what, how they want that family and that whole thing to operate and work. Um, once you can acquire that and once you can define that vision of where you want to be down the road and your family's on board with it, Now it's just a matter of making it happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So the second question here is, and I think we've touched a bit on this um, during the interview, but what are two traits that make a successful franchisee?
2: Sense of humor and the ability to think on their feet.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So tell, tell me a little bit more about each of those.
2: Well, I mean, I, I could have, you know, talked a little bit more about, you know, enjoying selling and that kind of stuff. But I think a sense of humor goes a long way when you're, you're in the kinds of business that we're in. Because having the ability to, to laugh at our failures, because I guarantee you, if you buy a say on the franchise, you will be failing your way to success. Yeah. <laughs> okay and what I mean by that is is you know in sales we fail more than than we win in, in almost any sales environment and so I, it, it's become something that you almost have to be able to see the humor and find the humor and get the lesson of when it doesn't go well mm-hmm. otherwise you'll just keep making the same mistake over and over again
3: yeah and, and most
2: of my franchise. Friends that I know, Linda, we we chuckle and laugh hysterically at some of our early mistakes that we made. <laughs> and thank heaven we made them early. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you have to look back, and and you do have to look laugh at that um, because uh, you were doing the best you could you could at that time, but knowing that everyone starts somewhere allows you to relate to those people that are starting exactly where you did back then.
2: Yep. And it, it, it really is, is amazing to, uh, to see that. And I think the ability to think on your feet, I mm-hmm. think as you are interacting with people in a business environment, uh, that the context of every conversation is different. Mm-hmm. And, and, and while Santa's not a script, we give you concepts, strategies, and process You have to be able to think on your feet and assess the situation and and, and understand the context to make sure you apply the right strategies.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's interesting, Dave, because I've been doing radio probably since 2008. And I will have to say that one of the things that it has helped me with is being able to have a conversation by thinking on my feet. And it allows me to think um, uh, a step or two ahead, sort of like playing chess, right? A step or two ahead of the conversation we are having right this second. But it it creates for um, a deeper conversation. Do you find that with um, your 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 sales uh, process as well?
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and I think the beauty of having a, a what I call a conversational process, which is really what Sandler is. When you have that process and you know it and you've internalized it, then your ability to to think on your feet and and go back and go forward and and be ready Mm -hmm. just dramatically increases.
1: Yeah, most definitely because you have something to reflect upon or there's conversations you've had, similar conversations you've had in the past that you can turn to,
2: right? Yes, and then you have that, that structure of a process to fall back on. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. Yeah.
1: So the final question here is what does the future of franchising look like?
2: Well, that's a loaded question.
3: <laughs> you know
2: the future of franchising, i mean there's there's certainly some some move afoot to to provide a broader control of franchising in in certain areas. Uh, unfortunately, I think some franchisors have taken advantage of of franchisees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think the future of franchising in terms of its growth and ability, in ability to help people become their own business owners is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Because so many people, especially through this whole COVID thing, have realized that that it's really going to be up to them. I can't tell you how many folks that I've talked to in the past year who – you know, had been employed, who want to stay employed, but yet it's not going to happen. They're going to have to be coming up with something different. So I think franchise is a great opportunity for those folks. I think the people who became disenchanted with corporate world through all this and how it was handled um, are also turning to, to franchise, guys, an opportunity. And the, reason, the main reason is it's so difficult. It's so difficult to grassroots your own business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where you take any of the <laughs> yeah. franchisors, and they've got the model out there for you. It's
1: mm-hmm.
2: huge difference.
1: And, and you know, I, let's reflect on last year. There were a lot of independent business owners that struggled, and a lot didn't make it, Dave, because they were, they were trying to spend so many plates They were trying to manage their business, the day-to-day business, but they were also trying to stay up on the PPP and all of the changing regs that were going on and, you know, everything. Whereas when you plug into a system, a franchise business model where you've got a strong leadership team, then they will step in and help with that. So you don't have to know everything. That's what I love about the franchise business model, for sure.
2: That, that's for sure. And, and you end up with a huge, a huge network of, of people that are there to help you out, not just leadership mm-hmm. within the franchisor, but the actual network of franchisees. It's amazing how good how they help each other.
1: Yeah, and and that's important to be able to, you know, when you have an issue, to be able to run the flag up the pole, so to speak, to get some help. And there are people there that have experienced the same or similar situations and kind of walk you through it or at least share their story that could shed some light on what your next step might be.
2: Yeah, absolutely true.
1: Very good. Well, we are down to the end of the show, and I've so enjoyed this conversation. And folks, I hope you have several pages of notes because I knew. So, Dave, one more time, if somebody is listening and they'd like to know more about the Sandler sales process um, and even the franchise opportunity, where would they go to find out that information?
2: Absolute easiest way: lenders go to the Sandler.com website if you – anything about the whole program is in there, to hit the franchising button, that will give you a lot of information on what it takes to become a Sandler franchisee.
1: Wonderful. Dave, thanks so much for being on the show today. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, I look forward to continuing to follow you and Sandler.
2: Thank you so much, Linda. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely.
1: So, folks, as always, I'm going to leave you with this quote, and it goes like this. You can be part of your plan or a part of someone else's. Now, that's a quote by David Sandler, who is the founder of Sandler Sells Training. You know, another way to put that, and maybe you've heard this before, you can build your dream or you can build someone else's dream. So this speaks directly to the franchise opportunities that are out there. So if you are a part of corporate, if you are facing downsizing, if you have been uh, downsized or you just are tired of that roller coaster and the rat race, franchising might just be a great opportunity for you to check out. So that you can plug into a proven system and that system has been proven for decades and you heard from david decades sandler's been around for decades and it is the number one sales training company in the world when you want to align yourself with that folks thanks so much for being with me on all things franchising look forward to seeing you next time